listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. Last one, ladies. Can you touch this? Can you fucking touch this? Well, that too, the law says that you cannot touch. But I think I see a lot of lawbreakers up in this house. Tonight. And I don't see a cop in sight. Welcome to the One Take Podcast, episode 79. Uh, we are reviewing Magic Mike. It's fine. It's cool. Just three straight dudes reviewing Magic Mike. We're good. It's all good. chilling in a hot tub six feet apart because they're not gay. gay. <laughs> um, we'll talk about why we wanted to review this movie uh, in a second. And But first, we don't do news on this podcast. But the biggest thing in Marvel history apparently <laughs> happened uh, this week when the No Way Home, Spider-Man No Way Home trailer dropped. And apparently people lost their shit because it is now the number one stream trailer of all time. Wow. Crazy. It like, and it's smoked in game. Like it's not even close. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Like an extra 100 something million viewers over the end game trailer day one. Like, so yeah, I mean, we don't, we, we're not going to go into depth about it. Uh, I don't think unless y'all want to, but it, I mean, just, just the gang's all here. That's, that's all you have to know about that trailer. Give me every fucking thing. I, nobody even liked the Andrew Garfield Spider Man movies, but like, if yes. Andrew Garfield's in these movies, in this movie, I need that. Yeah. I, I need every single I'll take that. I'll take that. I am like Spider-Man 3, but if you're going to put fucking Sandman and whatever in this movie, I need that too. I need all that shit. Give me the slop. That was basically what this movie was. It's like, <laughs> feed me. It was all these all those little piggies. Were like, <laughs> Give me the fucking slop. And they did, and I think they will, but it, it just, a lot of questions need to be answered and but you know what's funny is that Shang-Chi still has to come out. The Eternals still have to come out. And then this movie has to come out. All the other people have to be like, what the f-? Like All the other movies have to be like, God damn it. <laughs> Not to mention the shows. It's just we have so much Marvel content to get through before we get to this movie. So there's no telling the stuff that they couldn't put in that trailer just because it, it's going to touch on things that are revealed in these later movies or these later TV series. I just can't wait, man. I'm so and excited. It- the trailer's like three minutes long and it feels like we know so much about the movie, but we still don't know shit at all either. Like I Kevin Feige, Kevin Feige had the goons at some people's houses because that trailer, the way that the trailer, if you don't know, the trailer leaked through like a recording of a recording of a recording. <laughs> like an uncomplete, unrendered trailer uh leaked, and then that shit was off the internet <laughs> really quickly. Once people said the quality was bad, I didn't even go looking for it. I was like, fuck that. I'll just wait. I'll, I'll just, just wait, wait and watch it with everybody else. I'll just watch it with everybody else. I'm not going to lie. It was pretty much the same trailer. <laughs> <I> mean, 
I'm terrible about that. I will spoil stuff for myself all the time. Like before I finish a movie, I'll read the Wikipedia. Like, oh, I'm, I'm terrible no. about that, man. No. I do that for movies I don't plan on seeing, and then I might watch them later. Like I'd already known what happened with Midsummer or whatever, because I wasn't gonna watch that shit until we had to do it for the podcast. Greatest movie of all time. Shout out to Tj's first appearance on the podcast. Go listen to it. Great episode. But, well, maybe our uh, best. Maybe our best episode. Fucking love that movie. Classic. But yeah, I'll read Wikipedia articles and shit like that. But an MCU movie, hell no. Nah. Nah, I mean, it'll be like, it'll be like stuff like The Lighthouse and be like, all right, where are we going like this when I'm sitting on my couch at 2 a.m.? You know, like I'll read the summary of that is like nothing happens. You're wasting your time. That's the summary of The Lighthouse. A movie that fucking sucks. (laughs) A movie that is, that is garbage. Sorry for people that like that movie. movie (laughs) Don't let film Twitter nerds tell you otherwise. Do not let them lie to you about the quality of that film. Or The Green Knight, by the way. Fuck The Green Knight. Yes, The Green Knight is also ass. I was like, am I, am I crazy? Am I stupid? Am I like, what is Well, happening? yes, you're the dumb one in this movie, by the way. <laughs> Why does everyone so like this angry. movie? <laughs> it looks it's a really good looking movie, but holy shit. You get to the end, you're like, oh, why did we do that? Why did we do any of this? Why did, why did we do this at all? In you case you're, to that. in case you're wondering what kind of movies like that resonate with us, all of us were like, or at least Dex and I were like, Free Guy's actually not bad. <laughs> like, yeah. Exactly. I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> Free guy, not bad. Green Knight, stinks. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend the Green Knight to anyone unless you are like trying to make a movie and you want to know how to make something look good. Because the Green Knight looks amazing, but it is fucking trash. It looks amazing, but like a bunch of random shit happens and then none of it means anything at all. <laughs> none of it ends up meaning anything. I was so furious. Anyway, we're not talking about the Green Knight. Speaking about a movie, speaking about things that look good. Channing Tatum. <laughs> yes. Uh, in a movie that nothing matters, Magic Mike. Uh, let's let's talk about it. Magic Mike. Uh, we're doing this movie first of all. If you haven't seen Magic Mike, um, I don't know. Like, this is my first time actually seeing it because of Gay Panic back in uh, back in 2012 <laughs> when I was coming out of high school. So like, because of Gay Panic. Yeah. So it's, it's just like. It's just like there, there, there's so much. I'm joking about that, but there is so much gay panic surrounding this movie, and it was, and it the the dudes in Tej's mentions when you got you quote tweeted something. Explain how that happened because I think you quote tweeted something said that Magic Mike is a good movie, and the the dudes in your mentions were like, "Oh, what?" (laughs) Some woman said like, "I need to watch Magic Mike," and I was like, "This is a good movie," and people were like, "Wait, what?" And of course, you can imagine the responses. But it's like a the the fucking person who directed Ocean's Eleven made this movie. Like, why am I not gonna watch this movie? I don't what understand. I never understood that. What a random it fact! It doesn't. I'm gonna watch this movie. This I love Soderbergh, and I didn't like No Sudden Move very much, but I like Soderbergh. And I really like this movie. Yeah, if you can't handle seeing Matthew McConaughey's ass cheeks without like thinking that makes you gay. <laughs> Then that's on you, buddy. I'm sorry. I mean, we we we'll all watch Matthew McConaughey McConaughey shake his ass for the public. Like we'll <laughs> we'll we'll get in there. Um, by the way, we don't mean to offend anybody with this podcast. <laughs> just just to get that out there. <laughs> just get the disclaimer out of the way. Live your yeah. life how you want to live. We don't care about your preferences. Love who you want to love. None of us are gay, but this film we did watch this film that had a lot of naked dudes and gyration, and we're still not gay. We watched it. We turned it off. We're still not gay. We went from like a dozen streamers on a, on Twitch to like one. <laughs> I'm not That's kidding. 
episode. I come out. <laughs> I'm out on this. All, all the baseball followers on Apollo HOU Twitch are like, what the fuck? <laughs> um Ma- magic mike um came out in 2012 it's rated r because duh um it is a hour 50 minutes long 6.1 rating on imdb uh 72 meta score a male stripper teaches a younger performer how to party pick up women and make easy money uh directed by oceans 11 academy award nominee steven sutterberg <laughs> Okay, yeah, just <laughs> something I didn't realize until we were deciding to watch this movie. I had no idea. Crazy, crazy. Also, and, this movie is about uh, Channing Tatum's life. Well, yeah, roughly, yeah, because he was a kid when he was a stripper, and now the movie obviously he's in his thirties or he's thirty, but uh, he was a he was a male stripper when he was a teenager. Yeah, it was written by uh, Reed uh, Carolyn Car- Carlin. I'm not quite sure how you pronounce that he wrote both he wrote this let's see i think he's a i think he's a Sutterberg collaborator but he wrote this magic mike xxl which is i think objectively worse but he's also been a producer on uh like 22 jump street white house down so oh actually so he's just a uh he's a what do you call it channing tatum collaborator ah and uh logan lucky so Looks like this dude wrote this about Banger. Channing Tatum's life. Uh, but it stars Channing Tatum. It's like Channing Tatum was like, hey, you want to write a story about my life? Because I can't do this. <laughs> um, I'm like, sure, whatever. Uh, it stars Channing Tatum, Alex Pettifer, Olivia Munn. Uh, just throwing fastballs. Olivia Munn in this movie. Matthew McConaughey. Uh, Cody Horn. Kevin Nash. Yeah. The Kevin- great. Let's see. Uh, Joe Manganiello, Matt Bomber, uh, and Adam Rodriguez. Those are all the uh, strippers. Uh, Kevin Nash just phoning it in on the the dances. We'll talk about that. My guy, Kevin Nash, this biggest shit, just phoning it in. Um, Movies related to this, Step Up and Step Up 2. Definitely use those skills from Step Up and Step Up 2. I just... I just like to think this is an extension of that character. Honestly, yeah, this is where he ends up. <laughs> uh, on a, this movie was a hit. This is a Sutterberg classic. He does this better than anybody else in Hollywood. $7 million budget. Anyone want to guess what our rated R stripper movie made? Uh, $60 million. <laughs> No, it made $167 million worldwide. Damn. This was... Women's Night Out Extreme. He makes the cheapest movies. He made this for $7 million and the women yep. went to the movies and had a great time. Yep. Um, it has a 79% on Rotten Tomatoes, 60% audience score. And I got to assume the 60% audience score is due to be like, I didn't like this because uh, it showed a dick. Yeah. There's a Joe Manganiello's cock in this movie. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, Magic Mike's sensitive direction, smart screenplay. I disagree with that. And strong performances allow audiences to have their beefcake and eat it too. Um, we'll start. Oh, love, love that tag. That's amazing writing right there. Shout out to whoever wrote that. Uh, we will start with Tej because we are reviewing this movie because of you. Go ahead, so, man. This is my second or third time seeing this movie. I saw it in theaters. Uh, it wasn't full of a bunch of screaming women it was like me and a couple other people because i saw it like late in the theatrical run 
but uh, I just really like this movie. Saw it uh, at midday at like a at like a dine-in theater, <laughs> uh, Alamo I, uh, Draft House, like enjoying some ribs or something. <laughs> <laughs> this movie obviously has its flaws. Some of the dialogue is pretty cringe. Um, when he's not on stage, Channing Tatum is kind of hit or miss, but he's super charming. I actually, whenever I watch this movie or I watch uh, 21 Jump Street, which we talk about on this podcast, I always wonder why Channing Tatum wasn't a bigger star. I just think he's so charming and like can in kind of more versatile than you would think. Obviously, he used to be a stripper, so the dancing kind of came natural to him. But I don't think this is as easy as a performance as it might look just because he used to be a stripper. I, I, I really do think there's something there's like an emotional weight to this movie that it doesn't really come up, like I said, in the dialogue, but more of you're watching this kind of guy. It, we've seen movies about sex workers with a heart of gold before, which is basically what this film is about. It's a sex worker with a heart of gold who is working hard to capture the American dream and doing all the right things. And he's creative because he can make this furniture. And I just always really enjoy watching this movie. I really enjoy seeing Olivia Munn just be like a complete creep when she's hitting on the girl on the beach and she keeps touching her tattoo. Like, I just love that. It's, it's so weird to see Olivia Munn playing a character like that. Like you see her boobs, she's just being a complete creep. She's treating this young, she's treating this young good looking dude like shit. Yeah, like and she's a I psychologist just, who yes. is like into swinging and is engaged. It's a crazy she, character. She's the creepiest person in this film. She, when she meets the sister on the beach, she just literally touches her like seven times in two minutes. I just, there's so many scenes in this movie, which I absolutely love. I really enjoy going back to watch it. I would give it a strong B. Uh, it it, it kind of holds up. There are a lot of dudes dancing. Also, Matthew McConaughey's performance, like many of his performances, is just phenomenal. That yeah. dude can do anything. He, he's so good. He's just amazing. Even when he's on stage, when he finally goes back on stage and does his dance and he comes off the stage after he plays the Kiss song, he's just like, yeah, back on the stage. Like, he's just... He's just perfect. Like Matthew McConaughey is just incredible. The sleazier the character, the more, the better his performance will be. This dude is super sleazy and Matthew McConaughey just buys the performance. I enjoy this film. I'm gonna give it a solid B. Sleaze bag, dude. That oh dude is greasy <laughs> as shit. I like watching this movie though. You're like, this was the motherfucker that, that Matthew McConaughey was supposed to be playing this entire time. Yes. For sure. He's you supposed know, to be playing characters just like this. Like, not the not the romantic... Like, it, all intents and purposes, he's just, like, a cool dude who, like, smokes... Like, smoking weed and not taking baths and playing the bongos. Baths, exactly. Yeah. He, he just... he Going to Texas football games. Yeah, he just... He, he just... He's kind of jumped the shark with, like, his persona at this point. The all right, all right, all right thing. But, like... This was like the, the first of all, this is we were talking about in the text uh, text messages that this was like the start of an all time career Hollywood heater. Like throw it up there with throw it up there with Harrison Ford, throw it up there with any of these dudes that have just this like 10 year run. But shorten that down to about three years. McConaughey had about a three to five year just boom, 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 boom. And he, he was putting them out picking them up and putting them down and yeah. he uh he, anyway but yeah this is the character that mcconaughey was like born to play because he still got that cool guy charm but under there somewhere is like ooh, you like, are the biggest asshole in the world in yeah. a movie full of assholes yeah. you're the biggest asshole there's a bunch of douchebags on screen you are just the biggest yeah but literally everyone in this movie sucks except the <laughs> sister 
the sister's the only like normal person <laughs> in this movie. Because like and, you and like she kind of kind of sucks too. She you like Channing Tatum, but then you remember, oh yeah, Channing Tatum like tricked the nineteen-year-old into sex work. Like Channing Tatum also kind of sucks. Oh yeah, the sister is like, eh, I mean, she's the least bad. Uh, but yeah, Matthew McConaughey was born to play this role. Like, Go ahead, Jax, time, keep it going. Every time they dropped the all right, all right, all right, I was like, yes, this is what I'm here for. Thank you. Because <laughs> like, I said it like four times in this movie. Yeah, it's a life in there a lot. <laughs> but yeah, I love I love watching McConaughey's character. I love watching Shadow Tatum's character. I liked watching like the kid become just a douchebag and asshole and the worst friend of all time. Because <laughs> that man truly a despicable friend by the end of this movie. <laughs> but they're like, there were funny parts. I mean, the dancing is, it's cool. It's whatever. Like, I'm not going to get that excited about any of it. Uh, the song choices were pretty good, though. I do, like, there are a lot of white women who saw this movie and, like, heard Pony for the first time. <laughs> so now Pony <laughs> is the Magic Mike song to them, and that just upsets me. That's really upsetting. But like, you know, beyond that, you know, good song choices, good, good shit to watch, you know, Matthew McConaughey and Channing Tatum shake their asses too. Channing Tatum should be a much bigger star. I just watched Free Guy and Channing Tatum shows up in that. I was like, Channing Tatum's fucking hilarious. Why is Channing Tatum not in everything? I like Channing Tatum. Because he's not a good actor. He's not good, but you don't have to be good. Well. You can be funny and hot, and that's enough. You don't have to also be good. <laughs> well, at least we pick... thought. Maybe yeah. Hollywood disagrees with us, but apparently. <laughs> but like he gave us Logan Lucky, which is amazing. You know, like I mean, the Step Up movies—they are what they are. Those movies aren't supposed to be good. He's good enough in them. He gave us this. He gave us. He gave us Twenty One Jump Street. Twenty One Jump Street. He's hilarious in this free guy cameo. Get Channing Tatum more work. But yeah, anyway, for the movie itself, the dialogue sucks. And it feels like they improvised all of it like on the spot. They were just shooting the shit on set and just trying to see where it went. Every single conversation that everybody has is awkward and stilted and cringeworthy. But other than that, it's a good time. I gave it like a probably a B minus. Knowing what we know about Sutterberg, it is highly likely that if he just doesn't have a like a, a solid ass script, he'll just be like, do whatever you want. Yeah. Because do what feels right. Because he made one called Let Them Talk recently with Meryl Streep and stuff. And there just like wasn't, I don't think there was a script for it. They said the writer was Deborah Eisenberg, but like, yeah, there just didn't feel like there was actually a script for that movie as well. And it feels the same here. And knowing what we know that this dude that wrote the script is Channing Tatum's like collaborator or whatever. It looks Channing like Tatum's it boy. looks yeah, it looks like Steven Soderbergh was like, no, nah, we're not gonna we'll we're just gonna take this outline. <laughs> <laughs> you just give me an outline. We're not letting you write the words. Yeah, being exactly. a script writer who like hitches your wagon to Channing Tatum as an actor, it's just a wild choice. It's a hilarious <laughs> choice. Because then you got to convey all these characters through Channing Tatum, which, okay, I, I mean what I said, because like when you watch Logan Lucky, he's not a bad actor and he's, it, it, it's, it's, and he's decent at playing these dudes that are kind of confused and a little lost sometimes, you know what I mean? Like, 
like a little misunderstood because he's hot, which is a weird thing to like be sentimental about, I guess. But yeah, when people treat you like the hot, dumb idiot, like, and he can pivot off of that. It's very good. And I think his comedic timing as seen in this, like a lot of, a lot of this stuff carries bleeds over into his 21 jump street character as well. Like the, like the happy birthday, Mr. President sort of thing when he shows up in the Marilyn Monroe thing and he's like, gets up there and he's like humping Alex Pettifer and stuff like that. It's, it's all 21 jump street shit. And I I think his comedic timing is really good. And I think you do kind of feel sorry just because we know what a lot of uh, general, general generalization, a lot of these people go through and then like trying to get out of this business and stuff like that or, you know, the porn industry or anything like that, it just will beat the fuck out of you and beat you down. And then you don't have a really good foot because you're getting paid in like cash and all this stuff. And it's just, it, it, it can suck you in. And him trying to get out of that is kind of a, like, like you said, teach is a story that tells all his time and it, but it just still works. And I think that what's good about this movie, what Soderbergh does really well is that because of this profession and because of what we know about drugs and all the stuff that, that, that people in, in sex work kind of get into is that, or can get into, I'm being very generalizing here is that there's just this seedy sort of tension on the surface of this entire movie, especially following Alex Pettifer's character, because he's so young too, that it's just kind of gross the entire time. And Soderbergh's really good at catching that tension. And, and just, especially when, you know, he meets the Riley Keno character and uh, they're doing, they're doing Molly or ecstasy or whatever. And he's in Matt Bomber's character out of nowhere, just being a complete sleazebag too. Like, touch my wife's boobs and stuff like that. It's just <laughs> that whole thing. There's just a weird edge of your seat, even though you don't, yeah. nothing's really going to happen, but there's it's just really this weird happen. edge of your seat. Like, Ooh, what the fuck is going to happen yeah. here? And, you know, and it ends with a 19 year old making a bunch of short, bad choices, which Alex Pettifer is not good in this movie. He's really hot, but he's just, he's not, he's not, he's not a good actor. And this was back when they were trying to make Alex Pettifer, be the thing yeah, for a happen. minute. It didn't, it didn't happen. happen. It didn't happen at all. Um, it was never going to happen. I don't know why they tried. Because he's good looking, man. He is very good looking. But uh yeah, I think I think the the physicality of the movie, talking about the dancing, like we're you know impressed with it. That's fucking hard, man. That's tough. Especially and like the, for McConaughey, like yeah, they, like forty year old dudes. It's insane. This dude's like forty. He's crushing it. It's he when he's teaching. Uh, Alex Pettifer's character yeah. when he's in the gym teaching him. I, that scene is so incredible. And you're like, fuck the mirror. Just, like, fuck Matthew the mirror. Matthew McConaughey exudes a confidence that's just like, it's insane to see on screen. It's insane to see this is the oldest dude in the film, or I guess second oldest, because Kevin Nash is pretty fucking old. Yeah, <laughs> maybe he's the second oldest dude in the film. And that's why Kevin Nash didn't try at all. <laughs> and he's so confident in his body and his movements. He's just like extremely confident. I just love, oh, I, I can't say enough about McConaughey. Man. There's a... Uh, there's a Graham Norton interview where they talk about where he had to like wear the, the thong or whatever around. And so he, he like would purposely wear it around just on set just so he could get comfortable in it. Yeah. So, because like, that's what, that's what it was supposed to be comfortable in. Like that's his body. So he would just try to like 
like go up to people and his 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 anecdote was uh so how'd you what'd you do this weekend you mow the lawn how's the game like that sort of <laughs> conversation with the g-string on. yeah with a g-string <laughs> on just talking to people like trying to eat a sandwich and uh he so like it was like I said, it's the start of McConaughey just getting this kind of weird confidence back in himself off of doing these just like he's never lacked for confidence in any yeah. of his movies, but they just haven't been good, really. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he's taken swings and misses before, but sort of this understated where he's not the movie star sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It really, really worked for him and it worked for him in mud, too. And then he kind of starts to get like the movie star sort of arc and he wins an Oscar. But it is this sort of he's not on camera the entire time. But when he is, Sutterberg's like, you got to you got to go. And, he, and he's doing it. And it and basically it is McConaughey with, with just the dark side, because McConaughey, like you said, Dex, in this, he says, all right, all right, all right. Like 18 times he's yeah. on stage, literally playing the bongos, which he was arrested for in Austin back yeah. in the day, <laughs> uh, which is in a hilarious picture. If you can go find it, he was arrested naked playing the bongos in his house. He wrote uh, that weird, like, Welcome to Tampa song that he sings at the end. I wouldn't be surprised if he actually wrote that. He did. Oh, he did? He wrote that? Yeah, he wrote that. <laughs> of course he did. Of course he did. <laughs> of course he did. I didn't know that. I think all the other guys, I think all the other guys, like, buddy, buddy, like, sort of charm. I think it's kind of an underuse of Joe Manganello, even though, like, you get a lot of Joe Manganello in this. But, like. Maybe too much Joe Manganello. Maybe too much Joe Manganello. A little too much. I'm not gonna lie, dude. When he was when he was pumping up his dick in that thing, I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Stunned by that. I was like, it was like 15 minutes into the movie. Yeah. That's that's why I didn't know it was on Twitch because we're talking about a dude's dick. That's yeah. why the Twitch <laughs> Yeah, but you know While we're here though. I gotta say, I was like, you know, this isn't as uh isn't quite as racy as I thought it was gonna be. Cause like you yeah. watch a movie like Zola, and it's like there's a three minute scene where it's just dicks, 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 like, <laughs> just constantly just showing you dicks. And I was like, is that what Magic Mike is? Or is it going to be like just dick flying everywhere? No, not really. It's really not just really. Joe Manganiello's dick, and then you see a lot of asses, and you see Olivia Munn's boobs and mm-hmm. some other boobs. A lot of drug use, a lot of swearing and everything, you know, but it, 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 there was a lot of the time where I'm like, oh, well, they're talking like everyday life is because they were because they didn't write a script. And, <laughs> and the problem was, is that came back to backfire because the the ending of this movie, when he's like after he gets you know, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen the 2012 movie, it's nearly 10 years old. Good Lord. When he um, when he gets jumped and he pays off the guy and he goes back to like argue with the sister with um i forget what her well cody horn in the movie mm-hmm. um brooke brooke thank you brooke. uh and it's basically like he stumbles over do you do you think that i'm, I'm the that, that what there's a bit in there where he's like oh, that i'm magic that we're magic it was it was bad it was very very was, bad that was the best take they got of that shot and every time i see that scene, <laughs> i'm just like spit it out bro like i yeah. understand you're like really emotional, so maybe he can't deliver the lines perfectly. But it's like it's like it's still bad. It's still like very bad. Like you have to do better than that in that scene. He just does not crush it, and that was the best shot that they got apparently, yeah. which is bad. And you know, and 
you know, they, they had these conversations, like they're, you know, real people that are kind of just driving around Tampa. We were saying before the podcast started, this being in Tampa just makes so much sense. <laughs> this just makes just the most sense how much drugs and stuff are in just the most. And um, yeah, it just like, you would find McConaughey in, in Tampa right now. And if you just, uh, you know us. what I just thought about this movie being in Tampa can you imagine Super Bowl week with these dudes? <laughs> Killing it. <laughs> they oh cleaned up. God. They, uh, probably died. Super Bowl <laughs> they probably died. They probably died. Oh, man. It, it just, yeah, I, all that to say, I think the script really takes away from it, but I think Soderbergh's direction is very Soderbergh-y, but I think, I think his choices with the camera and like, and Oh my God. The commitment, the commitment from everyone in it, including McConaughey and, uh, but not Nash and, and Tatum, but not Nash. He everybody was, except for Nash. Everybody except for Nash. Um, <laughs> Kevin Nash, I would have got a favor. That's why he's in this one. Yeah. <laughs> he's in the second one too. He's in the and, sequel too. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, wait, it, have y'all I, seen the sequel? No. Yes. I have. It's not is bad, it, but is it's it worth very watching? different. It's, it is, but it's very, it's a very different movie. Soderbergh didn't direct it, and you can see uh, that very clearly in the way that the film like looks and kind of the pacing of it. But it's also has the same like the dialogue is still really bad, and the plot is even worse because it's like, what this dude just yeah. retired from stripping? How did he get back here? Why is he back? Yeah, that that's why it so never made sense. Do that part. The only reason they made it is because it made one hundred and sixty-seven million dollars, and you're just like, all right, let's do it again. Actually, it did not make sense, like via the story to make another one of this movie because the whole point was like he finds himself and he gets out that's the ending of the film like he's with this woman now who knows where that's gonna go and then in the sequel they break them up and then he's just like stripping again and it's like the furniture the furniture business that he's working towards basically is crack going to shit so like he goes back into stripping basically it's really faulty premise but so but it's not bad it's 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 just still enjoyable but it's not as good as the first one Donald Glover's in it, apparently. Yeah, Donald Glover's in it. Oh, yeah. Gabriel Iglesias being in this as like a drug dealer, DJ, is yeah. like, all right, <laughs> interesting. But um, one of the dumbest plot lines ever. Like, we'll talk about it. Happen? We'll talk about it. Uh, why I did give he this. Tell Channing Tatum that it was only worth a thousand dollars if it was worth it. I've never understood that. Like, we'll talk about that character too here in a second. I give this movie a C, plus just for the commitment, the physicality, and Sutterberg on on the back of all that but if if this was directed by a less capable director which why he did it uh, he'll do anything i guess because he just likes making movies you know what i mean yeah like he's the opposite of david fincher is what i heard on the rewatchables <laughs> is basically like david fincher's like once every three years where this guy's like i'm gonna make 13 films this year all on my iphone fincher's gonna shoot every scene 97 times so he cannot yeah. work with somebody like Shannon tatum who's going to give him 97 bad takes and then Fitch is going to try to murder him. Yeah. So yeah. Soderbergh's like, I'm going to, well, I'm just going to shoot this on like a uh, Blackberry. IPhone. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to get it. We're going to figure it out. Um, but he cut it in, cut it in iMovie. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I give this a C plus based on the back of all that alone. Now let's talk about the worst parts of the movie because that's what we do. Alex Pettifer's character, the entire story arc, of Alex Pettifer's character. We were talking about in the group messages that I said, a lot of this I can attribute to 19 years old, do like fresh getting kicked out of college, doing drugs, hard drugs for the first time, making a little bit of money, 
from Tampa. That all kind of makes a lot of from sense. The, the, the from Tampa just kind of really puts a <laughs> bow on that. But the uh, don't sue us. We do have a lot of like Florida listeners are like our biggest <laughs> margin. Um, but uh, they're from Miami, whatever. But the um, his whole thing is I, I attribute it to oh, he's 19, he's doing all this stuff, he's in over his head, and when you're 19, go back, you made dumbass decisions, but Did I he is a dickhead. This dude is yeah, an he's asshole. Bad decisions. He's a horrible person. He's, he's a horrible person who is making dumbass decisions, and like, bro, you had so many other options like throughout your entire life. Like, You could have done so much more. <laughs> could have tried to go to a different school for football. It's like he got kicked out for the first time, and then they were like, he didn't even try to go back? No. I mean, transfer portal wasn't what it was in 2012, but <laughs> could have done something. I had to sit out a year. Yeah, you could have done something. You could have went to the outlet mall, filled out some job applications. Like, you you could have done so much. Working for construction for $10 an hour? No, I'm good. I, I don't need to do that. They're the worst just, part of this film is the scene where the goes where the everything starts to go bad, where they have to fight their way out of this sorority house. Because you could I love the way the film this shot because the first thing you see when you come into the house is a room full of dudes, and you're like just aggro dudes. It was a that great is shot. Weird. That is a weird thing to have in this sorority house when you know there's gonna be male strippers there. But fine, we'll just put that in the back of our brains. We'll just we'll just push forward. Then he gives a random girl a pill. Which is not the smartest thing to do, but also it's not like he shoved her down her throat. This woman yeah. willingly took this pill, and then the boyfriend's mad, and the fight starts, and then he's used. The, Channing Tatum is using the fake, which I guess is a real billy club. I, even if it's fake, it probably hurts. He's using that. I'm like, okay, that makes sense to use this prop weapon. It's like a pool noodle. <laughs> then the Alex character starts using the fake gun and pointing it at people, and people are just like, whoa, whoa, bro, whoa. And it's like, wait, did you think that the two stripper cops? We're carrying a real gun. Did like, you why, think why did that you these think that? dudes came in here and got naked and just left a real gun on the sofa? <laughs> <laughs> did you think that's what the fuck they did? <laughs> I mean, how also every dude in there has to transfer schools immediately. You cannot live down letting two naked, beat dudes naked dudes beat you <laughs> in front of a room full of women that you're in, trying to impress in front of a room full of women one of them is your girlfriend it's just two naked dudes just whooping y'all's asses like 18 of y'all i've so never seen that in a movie where the guys are also there you know what i mean it's yeah, always like insane to see. i've actually never seen that in, in real in real life like why it would the dudes be there as soon as they walk in there, I immediately they should have been like, why are there dudes here? Like, we can't do our jobs if there's dudes like in the other room. That's extremely weird. And, of course, it went bad as hell. And Chan- that's on Channing Tatum. He's supposed to be the old veteran. He should know that that's not right. Like, there's something not right about Madden this. Madden awareness level zero for Channing Tatum. <laughs> no, nah, this, in- this is all on Alex, bro. I'm sorry. <laughs> 19, 27, doesn't matter. Like, you were tasked with selling these pills, bro. Like, Not giving them away. <laughs> why are you giving away the product to random sorority chicks who you're stripping for? Like that—that's not the move. Did you think you were gonna? T- well, there's a there's an underlying factor that we're leaving out here. He's dumb. 
He's the and dumbest. He's, and he's a drug addict. He's very stupid. He's a very stupid person. Why did he bring the whole pack? Bag? He's got half yeah. a pack. He couldn't bring like, I'll bring like 20 pills. He had to bring all of it to this house. How many people did he think were going to be in this house? Like he's got enough, enough pills for the whole fucking campus. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, he's a big time dummy. Doing? He's How a the- big time dummy. How do you bring all of your, of your stock, bro? <laughs> You're about to get naked for these people. Why do you have your entire stock of ecstasy on you right now? <laughs> You're literally going to be in a G-string. <laughs> what are you doing? Why did you bring all that? If you want to give, if you want to give away a few pills, okay. But you brought every pill that they gave you, and you've made no money yet. This reminds me of like. Back when I was in college, my freshman year, we had a dude who got into one of those uh, multi-level marketing schemes. <laughs> my man was selling the Verve. He was selling the Verve energy drink out of his Oh, my room. God. Is this man you? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, what were you going to tell us? Are you, are you in debt? <laughs> yes, but not to Verve. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but this man, like... He's a freshman in college. He's like, I'm going to make me some money. He bought like thousands of dollars worth of Verve energy drinks oh, God. that he's got in his dorm room. The problem is he lives around a bunch of freshman college boys. We ain't paying for no fucking Verve. <laughs> so we are bu- bugging this man to death for free samples. Like, hey, man, let me try some of the Verve. Like, I, yeah, I might buy some. Let me let me try some. Oh, dude, you got to try the verb, man. It's so good. Go talk to Tim. Tim's got some verb. You got to try that shit. Yeah, none of us have bought any, and we're never going to buy any, but you got to try that shit. Ask him for a free sample. So we cleaned this man out, never sold a single can of verb. <laughs> Thousands of dollars in debt. Yikes. Given like a whole fucking college dorm free samples. That's what Alex's character did. <laughs> <laughs> Just pulled up with all the ecstasy, sold none of it. We're just giving that shit away. Those kids, they found that ecstasy at the end of that party and we're like, oh. Whoa, jackpot. Those, those kids get the jackpot. Those kids, those kids probably all died, all of them. Everybody yeah. at that party died. It was like Project X when it just like snows <laughs> ecstasy and they're just like, pills. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they took all the ecstasy they could take and then what they couldn't take, they just sold immediately on campus. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Just in the library, just like, yeah, this is Adderall, I swear to God. Why didn't Channing Tatum realize that something was up when Alex's character says, oh, my God, I left my bag. We got to go back. And then five seconds later, he goes, well, it's only $1,000. Who gives a fuck about $1,000? His first reaction was, holy shit, I left my bag. We got to go back. And if you are going back to a house where somebody hits you with a bottle and multiple men were beating the shit out of you when you were naked, you're probably going to do everything you can do to avoid going back to that house. So the fact that his first inclination was, holy shit, we got to go back to the house, probably meant it was more than $1,000 that played there. Yeah, but then he shakes it off like, nah, dude, it doesn't matter. Like, this dude's so dumb. <laughs> He's so stupid. I don't know, like 100? What the fuck? <laughs> they really, they, he, it, like, maybe he is a good actor because he plays a dumbass teenager really, really well. He's incredibly stupid. And he deserved, How old was his he when this deserved was made? a much better brother. He was 22 when this was made. Uh, okay, so not that, not that big a difference. That's his fine. sister deserved a much better brother because this guy fucking sucks. Trash. 
the scene where after Channing Tatum fronts the ten thousand dollar debt for him, which which he knows for a fact he has never seen a dollar of that money. Not once, not this even. This fucking kid is not paying a dollar of that back. He the kid sits down and the kid is like, "Oh, no, you were saving that for your stupid furniture thing that you do." I just I just fucking saved you from an ass whooping at best and death at worst. I just saved you from it with my entire life savings, and you're calling the thing that I was saving stupid to my face. I don't know why Channing Tatum never beat him up. Yeah, he should have beat the shit out of that guy. Should have jumped straight across that table and beat the fuck out of that. I'll fucking kill you. (laughs) You're not gonna sit here. What? You're not gonna sit here and toast a fucking beer to like this stupid ass shit that you just did. Matter of fact, you're never drinking beer again. You owe me ten thousand dollars, bitch. Like you. You're 19. I'm turning you into the cops. The uh, but yeah, now he has to date his sister. You know, I you know why I couldn't date his sister because every day I come in and look at his dumb ass face and be like, Don't you owe me ten thousand dollars? You owe me ten thousand dollars. <laughs> you having a lot of fun with somebody who owes me ten thousand fucking dollars. Yeah, are you laughing? You can't laugh if you owe me ten thousand dollars. <laughs> watch the TV. That TV owes me ten thousand dollars. Did you you got the large meal? <laughs> you supersized that with my ten thousand dollars. <laughs> Ooh, boy, you better be selling that new ass truck that you just bought. But why why did Gabriel Iglesias is uh drug dealer friends come to Channing Tatum's house? What what's why? Because they didn't know where the kid lived. They only knew where, where Channing Tatum lived. Yeah, the kid's kind of off they, the radar. And if they had went to the sister's house, he wasn't there either. So they would have they didn't know where he was at. Somebody just fuck up this house. <laughs> I love it. Now. I love that the DJ goes. Look, I know, I know, I told him not to hurt you, but these guys don't work for me. I just yeah. really like that scene. Like, I don't control these guys, bro. Like, <laughs> no, 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 no. You don't understand. You don't understand. I've been some shit. <laughs> I'd be pissed off too. Like, you busted up my house over a thousand dollars. You caused more damage than a thousand dollars. He was like, bro, this is not a fucking thousand dollars. What the fuck are you talking about? He owed this guy ten grand. It's like, oh shit. All right. Maybe your response is a bit Ooh, more justified now. Yeah. <laughs> $10,000. I mean, man. Gabriel Iglesias is also a big dumb idiot for fronting that dude $10,000. For fronting the 19-year-old $10,000. Uh, What's yeah. the worst that can happen when you give a 19-year-old more money and more drugs than he's ever experienced in his life with no prior uh, experience in this field? What's going to happen? Oh, look, he fucked it up completely. Because it's not like this dude was, like, doing anything that would convince you he could sell drugs. No, nothing. <laughs> you have a six-pack, so you got on stage and you took your clothes <laughs> off. Like, that's that's the only reason we know you. <laughs> he doesn't even know how to strip right. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on. Like, yeah, Gabriel Iglesias should have got his ass beat way more than he did in this movie. People trust hot people way too much. Yeah, this is facts. I'm sorry, I'm... And these people, like, probably don't even know dude's name. Like, they literally just call him the kid all the time. Like, nah, we're not. I'm not giving this kid $10,000 worth of drugs. No, get the fuck out of here. No, thank you. Let me tell you what. Um, (laughs) The, I I, I thought the the relationship, the rapport between, I didn't kind of like her character, mostly because she almost, the characterization of of, uh, Brooke in this movie is basically like, oh, she's different. So she's like the don't give a shit girl about these hot dudes. So she's cool. Like, I don't like the characterization of that. It's very neggy, like 2012, 
you know, sort of thing. Like it, it very much was of 10 years ago and, and, you know, her kind of character, it's almost like she doesn't want to smile at anything when she's having fun with these, like objectively, like they're all douchebags. They're all assholes, but I bet they're a good time. You know what I mean? Gotta be. Yeah. Especially going on. And she's just kind of like grimacing the entire time. So it's just kind of, you know, but their rapport goes from like zero to 10 really quickly, her and Channing Tatum. And then at the very end, he's just like, so this is just how this is going to end. They haven't even like gone on a date. (laughs) (laughs) He's been railing out Olivia Munn this entire time. (laughs) And he nearly killed her brother in like, like nearly OD. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, she'd probably be pissed, but it's a weird characterization to be like, or a weird storyline to be like, so we're just not going to, we're not even done. We're done with this. Like, what is this? Like, what what are, is this? Yeah, what are you talking about? <laughs> We've both been seeing this. other people this entire time. <laughs> yeah. Like in a long-term relationship. We've both been seeing each other this entire fucking time. You're knocking down women two at a time, three at a time, like doing hard drugs, something that I'm, you know, you almost killed my little brother after tricking him into sex work. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, uh, excuse me if I'm not ecstatic about yeah, this I, whole adventure. I, you don't... I kind of want to see more Olivia Munn as a douchebag. I I just love it. It's so different than her other characters. She's a Fits into her personality. She's a complete piece of shit in this movie. I love it. She's such a creep. She's incredible. She's When's the last incredible. time we saw Olivia Munn? It's, it's been a minute, hasn't it? X-Men. The newsroom. <laughs> Uh, that's the x-men not (laughs) the newsroom i like the newsroom people don't like the newsroom like i really enjoyed it i was was enjoying it she was in um yeah she was in x-men was her didn't she do book smart didn't she direct it or some shit like that she's involved in book smart no that's olivia olivia Wilde. Wilde. sorry i'm mixing up my olivia's yeah there's so many olivia's there can only be one Oh, she was in the Predator, the Predator remake. Oh, I remember that. Meh. Yeah. Anyway. Good. Oh, she's she in that. Oh, she was in that Ocean Eight movie that flopped. Hey, that movie was not bad. Nobody saw it, but Rihanna and Anne Hathaway were on the screen together. That was enough for them to get my money. It was a she lot was of very a... sexy. Oh God. I liked Ocean's Eight, but it did flop. But I, I enjoyed myself. I may be I had, wrong about this, or she did she get like the Catherine Heigl treatment where she's not like well liked? No, I thought I thought people really liked her. Like yeah, to oh, work to work that. with. Oh, she doesn't work that often. I always I always wonder if it's a choice or is she just not getting that many calls? I would imagine she would get calls. I mean, she's like a super pretty woman. Yeah, and she's not like a bad actress. Yeah, she's not bad. I, yeah, she's but she's in. A lot of just not not good things. <laughs> yeah, just random stuff. Uh, right along too in Zoolander two back to back. Jesus right. Christ! <laughs> and then X Men Apocalypse. The that wor- is not a good three movie stretch. That is objectively bad. The uh, Lego Nin- Ninjago movie, the the worst of the Lego movies. Uh, she was also in Iron Man too. So yeah, she's. She's just avoid sequels altogether, is what I'm hearing. <laughs> Stop being a sequel to Lithium. 
No, but uh, anything else that stands out to y'all about this movie? I mean, we can go on and on, but uh, favorite dance sequence? No. Uh, uh, your mic's out, Teach. Teach has Mike has gone to shit. <laughs> okay, I'm back. Yeah. Can you hear right. me? Yes. Okay. Uh I really like the scene where they where Chang Tatum just kind of loses it all and they're all gonna go get fucked up, but it kind of goes to black and white and you do the little montage. I just really like it. It's a movie for seven million dollars. It's like those are the kind of touches that show you that even though this movie doesn't cost that much, it's kind of scary. Yeah, it is. It, it it changes the whole vibe of the film. It's like, well, this is kind of sinister, which I think it it, I, it really drives the point home of like the road that this character that you're watching is on. If he keeps going the way he's going and keeps hitching his wagon to Alex, like these dudes are going to end up in a lot of trouble or dead or like very, very, very fucked up. And I just really always appreciate that because it kind of changes the whole tone of the movie. You were having fun, and all of a sudden it's like, well, this isn't fun anymore at all. This is fucking scary. Yeah. yeah. It's a good point. Um, one thing that they did with the movie that I actually kind of enjoyed the other uh, filmmaking choice, making the entire outside, it's like, I don't know why they did it, but like, I, it's interesting. Making the entire outside sepia tone, sort of outer banks looking shit. Mm-hmm. to uh making the only place with color and stuff pop inside the club yeah was was actually really interesting to me like all outside maybe just the, like how sunwashed florida is and da, 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 da. but it's all even at night it's this sort of sepia tone filter over the over the whole over tampa yeah over tampa and inside inside the club is the only place where you really get these pops of color and actual like how things look normal which is kind of an interesting way of doing that. And then when they're on drugs, it's all color. Like the screen is red or the screen is blue or whatever. Um, You know, for better or for worse, the pony scene is now, you you know, you said a lot of white women like it, but it is now in the cultural zeitgeist. People know that. People know that. They know that's the Channing Tatum sort of stripper song. And strippers, I think, especially male strippers, have probably made bank over that shit. I'm going sure. for, oh, I'm sure. I'm sure that that is like a like a fought over song in the rotation. Song is incredible, by, incredible, by the way, unironically. That shit jams. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, for better or for worse, that's uh, that is in the that is like a almost a classic scene at this point. When that song comes on, that's in a movie. You can like almost parody that now. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I really uh, like that the first song cue that we get in this movie is uh, "It's Raining Men," immediately followed by T Pain's "Booty Work." I, that yeah. just, that <laughs> just felt content. that just felt such great content. <laughs> uh, I do have to talk about. We said it before. Like all the guys are really like it looks like they've trained for this and all this stuff. Kevin Nash, who if you don't know Kevin Nash, like <laughs> you know he, he he was in like uh, the Punisher as the big Russian guy. You don't remember? I I don't know what else he's really been in. He's he's kind of that dude, that huge. He's huge, man. Well, he's uh, a wrestler. Yeah. Oh, what, an old wrestler. Yeah. Oh, he was an old wrestler. That's right. Yeah, but, he was in NWO. He's one of the most. He's he's an NWO member. He's yeah. with Hulk Hogan and all this. 
<laughs> but Kevin Nash, man, he's 6'11". Holy fuck. He's massive. And this whole film, he is towering over everyone. Everyone. And you wouldn't be surprised. Like, all these guys, they're probably shorter than you think. Like, maybe Channing Tatum's six foot tall. Maybe. Maybe McConaughey's six foot tall. But all the other guys aren't. And, like, there's just this scene, and I forget. It's like they're all in a row, like, doing it. And in he, like, turns around, and they're all doing, like, these roles and stuff like that. And he's just going like, <laughs> kind of derping along. Yeah. He's kind of like doing the robot almost. He's like, doot, 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 doot. like, it's just this, it's just this weird sort of, you notice so easily. Like I, I just had to like, it took away from the rest of the scene because I was like, Kevin Nash isn't even trying. <laughs> what are you doing? bro? He's he so somebody stiff. a favor. I'm telling you, he didn't so actually want to be in this movie. And so uncomfortable. It is just, it is hilarious to watch. You can find it. If you watch closely, just go find it. And they bury him at the end of the screen. So you don't see him, but he stands out because he's seven foot tall. He's the biggest person on the set. So he stands out every time he's in the shot. Speaking of Kevin Nash and uncomfortable at the start of this movie, when like they first bring whatever his name is, like to the strip club and into the like the locker room or whatever you call it for strippers. His name's Adam. Yeah, Adam. Fuck him. But like, <laughs> and Kevin Nash is like rough and lotion on my leg. Let's do it. Just, I was <laughs> like, this if this is going to be this kind of movie, I don't know if I can hang, bro. Like, that shit was so <laughs> uncomfortable. I was like, this is fucking tense. I don't like this shit. Like, just rub the fucking lotion on his leg. Get me out of here, please. <laughs> Make the lotion on the skin or it gets the hose again. It got real jailhouse rules in there. Big 611 dude is like, you're going to rub some lotion on my skin for initiation. I was just Do like, it. what kind of film is this? What are we, yeah. where are we, where are we going to think of this? I was like, I didn't know this movie was about Channing Tatum literally like human trafficking this man. <laughs> How much peer pressure would it take for you to like, to actually go do that? Cause they just push him out there. They're like, go. It would take a hell. Of, I would have been like, no, what? Current me or 19 year old me. Yeah. 19. The difference. 19. Uh, <laughs> if the women in the crowd were cute enough and if I was hot enough and more as confident enough in my body, I'd probably go do it. Yeah, like I, if I could pull out, like take off my shirt and I got the six pack going, then like, yeah, I'm with it. But I got to tell you, I have never once had a six pack. Still don't. <laughs> uh, and at 19, I for sure didn't. I'm just this skinny, like weird looking kid. I would have been like, no, thank you. <laughs> do you have yeah. a robe? At 19, I was still like working off the freshman 15 at that point. It was not, it was not happening. Same. I would have got like two dollars on that stage. Like I'm same. They would look 19 crazy, was probably like... the most that I've ever like actually worked out, and I still had the weird <laughs> pot belly. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like they'd be like, "Yeah, take off your shirt," and then it'd just be, "Oh man, oh, man. man, this." He is brought the house down. He did something is, right, but he's a good looking guy. You see the women of Tampa slowly making their way towards the exit. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. All right. Somebody pulls a, full pulls a fire alarm. Like, <laughs> get him out. If I was if I was nineteen and the women of Tampa booed me or walked out on me, I'd be sick. Because if I can't get the yeah. women of Tampa on my side, it's not looking good for women in the other major in any other major cities. Yeah. Because I feel like the women of Tampa is a good starting point of gauging exactly what your power might be. Mm -hmm. 
Wait, so now go I got to go to Tallahassee? <laughs> <laughs> nah, bro, you, you're done. You got to go to fucking Salt Lake City. That's your, yeah, only, you hope. Can, that's your only hope. <laughs> I do real well with my clothes on. Give me a jacket. I'm incredible. <laughs> the women of Gary, Indiana. My fucking <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Butte, Montana. <laughs> oh, my God. Anything else? No, go see Magic Mike if you haven't seen it. Don't feel like you're gay if you watch it. It's just a movie about people like every other movie. Tell you what, watch it with your wife or girlfriend. Oh, yeah, she's going to have a great time. She's going to have a great time. Women fucking love this movie. She going to be ready. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, pour a glass of wine. Watch this with your your significant other. Y'all will have a great time. No matter your preference, honestly. Y'all will have a great time. Matthew McConaughey had those women literally grabbing at him and ripping him apart like a oh that's what pack I had of to hyenas. Say. That's what I had to say. I wondered how many of these women were just Tampa natives. They're like, you want to come touch McConaughey? <laughs> yeah, like, yes, yes, I could. I, yes, I think I'll sign up for that. Like the women that they're flipping upside down and stuff. Like maybe those are extras that they paid, but like maybe not. <laughs> they're just like, maybe hey, not. you want to be grinded on by Channing Tatum? They're like, yeah, okay, yeah, sure. Yeah, I, I was either that or staying home and watching the news. So I guess I'll I guess I'll go rub on Channing Tatum. You're not gonna go watch the Tampa Bay Rays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So while we've been doing this podcast, I've like been thinking about another question. So do you think that part of Channing Tatum's problem as an actor and why he's not a bigger star is because his name is Channing Tatum? <laughs> I feel nah. like if he just had a regular ass, just normal name, if like you know, like fucking Matt Damon is a regular ass fucking name, Tom Cruise, <laughs> regular ass name. We got a bunch of Matts and Toms, Johnnies and Jacks and all this. This other man's shit. name is Channing. This man's name is Channing Tatum, and he's swole. He's got a big ass head. Everyone just thinks of him as the hot one. He does have a big ass head. As someone like, with a big ass head, he has a big ass head. Like, and his name is Channing Tatum. Like, you can't even just say like Channing. It's Channing Tatum every time. I feel like that's held him back. Nah. <laughs> I think it's the acting thing. There's plenty of bad actors who get tons of movies. <laughs> He's in tons of movies. I just feel like he's had a run. Like, where are we going to pretend that he hasn't had his moments? When is the last time, other than Free Guy, that he's been in something, though? Uh, They screwed him over in Kingsman, the Golden Circle, like a bait and switch. Oh, that's right. Oh, Um, that's right. uh, Logan Lucky was his vehicle and was just not seen by a lot of people, but it was objectively like a very good, it was better than this movie. It was better. I've never seen it. And everybody says that it's it, good. I've never it is. Seen it it is good. a, yeah, it's good. That's his, but it also is, you know, a, an incredible Daniel Craig doing the only Daniel Craig accent he knows how to do, which uh, is the country accent, but, uh, Craig. and Adam driver during that movie. It's just a really good I need to watch this. time. It's on Amazon, I think, but yeah, he kind of is like on and off with stuff, but also, you know, not for nothing, like he's been going, you know, gone through to like a very public divorce and things like that. Yeah. Uh, but he's back out here. He's yeah. uh, with uh, what's her Lisa name? Bonet. Yeah, no. Wait, the, who's with Lisa Bonet? No, the younger one. <laughs> what's, what's her name? Oh, Zoe Kravitz? Oh, no, no Mamoa's with Lisa Bonet. <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I was going to say, wait, did I miss something? 
Yeah, no, not Lisa Bonet. That no, it's uh, she's he's with Zoe Kravitz. Sorry, that would have broken life. That is not that is not a bad uh bad bad way to deal with uh, post divorces coming home to Zoe Kravitz every yeah. day. Not, they're worse, riding they're worse riding bikes and shit. Worst um, place to live. Let you know he's done some animated stuff. It, it just you know he doesn't work as prolifically as you would think, like you said, but he had his moment. So it's not like, it's not like he didn't like, there was, there is a moment in there where he was in a lot of shit. I action movies and, and things like that. We but yeah, this, I mean, this run, this run of Haywire, the vow, which wasn't a good movie, but it was one of those, uh, with Rachel McAdams, it was one of those, uh, one of those, oh, what's the... Is that one of those Nicholas Sparks movies? Yeah, I think it's like a Nicholas Sparks movie. Got it. You know, it just, I'm probably wrong about that, but it's in that same vein. Uh, side effects, This is the End, White House Down, The Lego Movie, Magic Mike, 21 Jump Street, Heat, and 22 Jump Street, and Foxcatcher, which was an Academy Award-nominated movie. He had oh, his man, run, stunk. Oh, and then it man. kind of, it kind of though ended, and his star kind of, <laughs> kind of faded when he made Jupiter Ascending. What? Well, how come Ryan Reynolds keeps getting roles, but Channing Tatum can't get roles? That, Let's that talk seems about weird it. to me. Ryan Reynolds is more natural, but Ryan Reynolds is more naturally funny than than Channing Tatum. I think is a he, lot of Chan. Yes, I think a lot of, I think a lot of Channing Tatum stuff is manufactured by other people. He's just very good at doing it. Oh, okay. I can respect that, but I can give you that. Like a lot yeah. of Twenty One Jump Street is Jonah Hill being like, "I feel like, hey man, this would be funny." Not to say that he wouldn't come to the table with ideas and stuff, and he's not creative like that. That's fair. But That's he's not fair. a natural comedian. You know what I mean? Like Ryan Reynolds been doing this shit for like thirty years, doing the Ryan Ryan Reynolds character, and it's just come back into style. You know what I mean? Is Deadpool funnier than Twenty One Jump Street? Oh. No, it's but not, is it? No, but it's a different kind of thing. They're letting Ryan Reynolds do straight action movies. They're letting Ryan Reynolds do whatever the fuck he wants to out here. But Ryan Reynolds' I, straight those... action movies aren't good, though, either. Like, uh, Six Underground I, stunk. First of all, we're not going to slander Six Underground. Six Underground was one of the worst movies I've ever seen. We're, that movie we're is not going to slander Six Underground on this podcast. It's movie incredible was... cinema. But. And second of all, <laughs> you some of those Ryan Reynolds parts need to be Jason needs to be Channing Tatum parts. They there's we we there's enough room out here for both of them. Why there am I only seeing one of them? Yeah, I mean Channing Tatum definitely like as much as I love John Cena, I am a John Cena stand. Never questioned my goat. Channing Tatum could have done every single John Cena role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> fair. How, that is fair. How has Channing Tatum not popped up in a Fast and Furious movie? All you need to do is be good looking. No, half those people can't act. Vin Diesel ooh, can't that act. Is, that is the, that is the perfect. Ooh, that is the perfect rock replacement. Yes. Yes. We need yeah. to do it. Yeah. If you, need the, if you need the charisma, if we're talking about our lack of charisma like we did in the last movie, give it to Channing Tatum. He can bring it. The One Take Podcast Agency, Channing Tatum, our first client. We are getting you paid, brother. Thanks. <laughs> DM 10 through 15 are yours. <laughs> you're Once Vin Diesel in... inevitably turns 78, this movie is. <laughs> this whole franchise could be yours, Chadwick. It could be yours. 
whatever female comedian comes along that needs to do a rated R comedy, we're putting you in that shit. Like, <laughs> we're going to put you a light. We're going to make you the love interest of like fucking Ali Wong or some shit. Oh, I love movie. that. You got to like, make him the love interest of a comedian who's like, he's way hotter than her. And that's the joke. You, Aquafina. We, can we, we can make two movies. If we put him and Aquafina together, we're gonna, well, that's a hit. We're going to make, we're going to make $70 million. Print money. <laughs> Printing money. We're too, we're sharing all of our good ideas on the podcast. Hey, right you cannot take these. These are our ideas. <laughs> Please do not cast it. If, if I see a script for an Agafina and Channing Tatum film floating around somewhere, someone's getting sued. God damn it. So we, <laughs> we, or we'll take 10%. <laughs> Either, whatever works. <laughs> Whichever works for y'all. <laughs> Somebody in California is listening to this right now. Like, God damn, that's a good idea. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Channing Tatum needs more roles. That is the what we've taken away from this. All right. Uh, we will get to our chick flicks draft right after this ad break from Apollo Houston. And I'm going to grab a, an adult beverage. Pause nice. it. All right. We are going to be drafting top chick flicks. How are we going to do this? Who wants to go first? It's going to be Tease, Royden, Dex. Oh, I think this is like we've done this like several times, but with three people that's how it works yeah this I mean, is the easiest draft that we've ever had for me because i love chick flicks this is the easiest draft we've ever done okay with the first pick i'm taking the greatest chick flick of all time i've seen this movie probably a hundred times i'm taking mean girls if Damn. you've ever seen yep. mean girls you need to watch mean girls it is one of the funniest movies i've ever seen go see mean girls i'm taking mean girls <laughs> protect Lindsay lohan at all costs i yeah it's yeah. mean girls everyone knows it's just it's incredible. Uh, it's amazing. If you've never seen it, you're li not living right. <laughs> you gotta watch this. Please raise your hand if you've been publicly victimized by Regina George. <laughs> um, I, I didn't see that movie until like pretty late in high school. I think like either I think it was like late junior year or something like that. And this was like when I was like big into Tumblr and like Twitter was just starting to like. Come that, makes that makes sense. That makes sense. And I was like, oh shit. Literally every joke that I've ever seen on the internet is from this movie. <laughs> it's all coming together now. Yeah. That is, that is Tina Fey coming off of SNL and just dropping heat like for what her screenplay heater. and incredible. Like, and she captures it. Uh, incredibly what like the high school sort of experience mean girls. for yeah mean girls well all right so my pick um i'm gonna go with a recent one and this may you may have to see if this classifies as a chick flick but it was one of the biggest hits of this decade crazy rich agents is that i'll allow it yeah, yeah. That is my that wedding scene. We've talked about it a dozen times. The Tear, ghost. Tears into my eyes. I saw that with Caitlin. I was like, I'm going to cry. <laughs> like, the greatest really wedding scene I've ever seen in a movie, man. That's when my good sis stepped out onto that water. Walking <laughs> <down the aisle>. <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't was, even their wedding. Yeah, it wasn't even the main character's wedding. It's just a wedding. That's happening. The Incredible. The good-looking sister who doesn't tell any jokes in that movie, her performance is so good. I had no idea who it was, and I was like, I'm going to watch everything this woman does from now on. She crushes it. That's a great film. Great choice. I mean, and now she's in multiple MCU movies. Now she's everywhere. <laughs> the fact the fact that um, – oh, what's his name? Sorry, they got the lead in that. Uh, oh, I should get the guy's name. Henry Golding? Yeah, Henry, yeah, Henry Golding 
was literally doing like travel commercials and like travel shows and had never really acted before. And they're like, Hey, we need the Yeah. We need a guy to play this. And it took like two years to like find a guy to do this. And he didn't accept it initially. Like he thought it was almost like a joke. He was like, no, he wanted to do more travel commercials. Yeah. He, he had it. He just got married. He had it. I listened to a podcast. him talking about it. He, he, he just got married. He had a steady job doing like these uh, travel shows in Asia and doing like a nine to five TV job. And they, uh, and then they found him on Facebook because he had hosted an award show. Holy shit. And the assistant of the director had found him on a, on, on Facebook or was Facebook friends with him or something like that. And they tracked him down. They're like, Hey, you want to be in this movie? And now he's like one of the biggest stars in Hollywood. He never acted in a movie before. Is that why I haven't been discovered? Because I'm not on Facebook. (laughs) No, that you're just not Henry Golding. Good looking (laughs) to be perfectly honest. Like, that guy's really good looking. He does a great job in that movie. I, I mean, if we were if we were Henry Golding good looking, like, you know, maybe. Maybe we can be discovered. Damn and, Brit- and British. And British. Some Justice for all. snake eyes. That's all I say. Justice for <laughs> snake eyes. I might go check that out this Friday. It's not a bad time. Anyway. So with my first pick, I, I have to take a movie from the Queen. My my goat Reese Witherspoon. Oh no! Damn it! Legally blonde. Damn it! You you all knew what time it was. (laughs) She's funny. The movie's funny, like just iconic. They're giving us another movie, which I really here for it. Yeah, they're making another one. They're making another one. Yep. I don't know what the status of it is post COVID or whatever, but it should be happening, and she'll be back in it. And I'm always here for Reese Witherspoon. She was an incredible performance in that movie. Iconic dialogue. Just quote after quote after quote. I mean, commits 110% to that film. And it holds up because of her. Yeah. Honestly, it it just really is. It it, it holds up better than most movies from 2004. Reese Witherspoon has given us some amazing, incredible performances. I love Reese Witherspoon. I love her. That and, is my goat. I have her book sitting on my bookshelf over there behind me. I went and saw her like do just like an interview during her book tour live. And I was like, this is the best moment of my life. Reese Witherspoon is like 20 feet away from me just talking about a book that she wrote. Like, I Reese Witherspoon is one of my favorite people of all time. I hope she never lets me down. Shout out. Reese Witherspoon. Please don't say anything crazy about the vaccine or anything. Reese Witherspoon. No, nah, she's, she's with it. She's on top of like, she's like on in, in Beyonce with Beyonce's inner circle now. Like, what is this? Yes. Yeah, she's she's getting getting the Beyonce, Beyonce stimulus package. I saw that. What <laughs> a queen. The fucking Ivy Park like, try on video. I was like, Absolute let's queen. go. She's like yeah. somehow transitioned into the like, I mean, she's a great actor and now, but she's now producing like she did um, Gone Girl. She produced Gone Girl, you know, like she's pr- tr- transitioning into this producer, but also like she lifestyle brand. She produced a Fincher movie. Yeah. Yeah. She, she produced Gone shit, Girl. I did not know that. She, she finds producing- these books that she likes that she likes and options them because she has this book club or whatever that go like an Oprah book club, whatever. And if it gets wow. that stamp of approval, it goes like New York Times bestseller. And so she's transitioned into this sort of like weird late stage career of being like mommy blogger, lifestyle brand person, but also with all this clout in Hollywood. Yeah. And it's she a like, interesting, wow. interesting life. 
she uses that clout to like put on women directors and like take on like women written novels and like make them into movies like directed by women. It's dope. Shout out to Reese Witherspoon, like doing it right. Long live Reese Witherspoon. All right, fourth pick. I'm gonna go ahead and take just a movie that I probably could take later, but I just really love this movie, The Proposal. <laughs> With Sandra Bullock and oh, speaking of Ryan Reynolds, yeah, yeah, there's Ryan Reynolds again. That the last time that I was really just like, yeah, Ryan Reynolds, love that guy, because <laughs> that was before Ryan Reynolds fatigue set in. But the proposal is hilarious. Betty White is hilarious in that movie as like the grandmother who is like that was the revival started the revival of Betty White being in yeah. like the cultural zeitgeist, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah, because like up until that point, I just like knew who Betty White was. I really I wasn't like super into any of Betty White's older work or whatever, but I just knew who she was because she was old as shit. And that was like 15 years ago. And Betty White is still that same person. <laughs> Good lord, just <laughs> like Betty White is still just the person we all know because she's old as shit and we don't want her to die. <laughs> but the proposal, incredible. I don't have as much to say about it as I do about Reese Witherspoon and Legally Blonde, but I love that movie. I have it on DVD and I watch it like probably once a month. Uh, my next pick is uh, there's fatigue about it and there's jokes about it for a reason. The Notebook. The Notebook is the ultimate cheesy ass melodrama chick flick starring two actors that would go on to do a lot better shit. And actually multiple actors that would go on to do a lot better shit, but it is hot people in a cheesy ass Southern Gothic story, not even Gothic story, but Southern story, um, overacting. And it was the start of that Nicholas Sparks air, nasty era of just bad movies. As soon as that movie did what it did, they literally grabbed all this dude's books. It was like, all right, so we're going to make all of these. Yeah. Yep. All these are going to become films. Yep. 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 <laughs> Immediately made him a billionaire. That dude is so rich. Oh my God. That dude is rich <laughs> as shit. But um, yeah. So, and you know, it's memeable for a reason, but it is, it, it's Ryan Reynolds or not Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Gosling turning into Ryan Gosling right before our eyes. Rachel Adams didn't start doing better projects a little until a little bit later in her career. But there's just something there that you can kind of see. They're like, all right, eventually the there the, it makes sense that these people can be stars. And then just like the most uh kind of slap in the face ending when they <laughs> when they uh it, it cry porn ending whenever they die together. You know what I mean? They did that <laughs> on purpose. Yeah, they did, that on, they did that on purpose. And you're just kind of like, oh my God. And it's just like, that wouldn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway. Royden just watching the notebook like, that's not real. Fuck this movie. <laughs> Except for then you get that occasional news story where it's like, they died 15 minutes after each Holding other. Hands, and you're like, oh yes. God. <laughs> All right, so my uh, second and third pick, uh, I'm going to pick Bridesmaids for my next pick. Nice. Incredible film. Very is that funny. a chick flick or is that a fucking just comedy, man? It's a chick it's flick, both. Bro. Yeah, it's both. It's I'll, both. I'll give it both. But it's, it's, oh, that God. exists more in the hangover, uh, knocked, up, knocked up range than it does to me to like chick flick range. You know what I mean? But it's that the chick sense. version of those movies. Like, is that movie for women? 
Yeah, that's true. That's fair. Fucking love that movie. And my next film, where I'm going to pick this film with the caveat that we really need to have an episode about the run that this man went on around this time. I'm taking Four Christmases with uh, really Reese Witherspoon. I love uh, that movie. That movie is hilarious. And Vince Vaughn. Yeah. We have to talk about Vince Vaughn one day on this podcast. Vince Vaughn, for like five years, was the funniest white person in Hollywood. He's so good at Four Christmases. His performance is incredible. Every time I watch, I'm just like, this is the funniest person ever. Too bad he's like a Republican douchebag and he's a bad person. But man, that man was funny in his prime. He gave us some great films. I love Four Christmases. I'm going with Four Christmases. His run with S. Craig Zoller right now is problematic. Um, but Oh, my God. We don't have to talk about it. Please, let's not talk about it. But Holy shit, man. The Four Christmases thing, especially him and John Favreau, like, you know, trying to hang up the TV, like MMA and like trying to hang up the TV dish and like all that stuff. And like Reese Witherspoon hitting the baby's head and shit on stuff. It's just the <laughs> sequence of events in that is is very fun yeah it's it's a great movie um that's an incredible under, film. underrated christmas movie too incredible film don't know why i didn't do better that's i just love it and of course you got i mean you got reese witherspoon she gets to a bouncy house and gets attacked by a bunch of kids it's a great film a lot of people haven't seen it. if you haven't seen four christmases go watch it it's hilarious uh i'm gonna do the twitter vote i'm gonna go with princess diaries nice uh that would be cool if it was your pick. <laughs> it's not your pick. Wait, it is his yeah, pick. It is my pick. Yeah, it is his Wait, pick. Wait, it is? Yeah. Fuck. Were you about so, to pick that movie? With my <laughs> with my pick, I'm gonna go with Princess Diaries. <laughs> 2001 with Anne Hathaway. Suck my dick. Fuck off. <laughs> uh Princess Diaries, it really was one of those things where it, it should not have been as good as it was. And that's all based on Anne Hathaway. And what happened? I mean, she won an Oscar, but what happened to her career? It's just she has such an interesting career, man. Just a weird career. But the fact that it started like this, and this movie was a hit too. And then you got like Dame Julie Andrews in this fucking movie. Yep. You know, like Sound of Music is in this movie. Like, what is this? Have I revealed that my my law school roommate was obsessed with Anne Hathaway? And I made fun of him all the time because I was not attracted to Anne Hathaway. Mm, She's way I too get skinny it. for me. I, get I was it. never attracted to Anne Hathaway. And I, being a normal person, walked into Ocean's 8, very excited to see Rihanna. And Anne Hathaway was so gorgeous. I was like, holy shit, why have I been sleeping on Anne Hathaway this whole time? But it was because she felt like she was fat in the movie. But I felt like her body looked amazing in the movie. But Anne Hathaway was like, because she had just had a baby or something. So she was like bigger. I was like, I love this Anne Hathaway. And I was like, oh, I understand now why I was not into her because she always thought I was too skinny. But in Ocean's 8, it's perfect. Watch I Ocean's love, 8. I love the ugly duckling transformation. I'm a sucker for the the it, whatever gender, the ugly duckling transformation into... Uh, take off your glasses, straighten your hair. Uh, yes. I'm, I'm a sucker for it, <laughs> man. All that. Got it. I've been a sucker it for it since I started you. watching an 80s movie, like 16 Candles. Like My mom started showing me like 16 Candles and shit like that when I was younger, so it's just like that kind of shit. Yeah, I'm a oh, big sucker for it. It's yeah, mostly, I've, I've you know, been attracted to Hathaway my entire life because I was what, like <laughs> six years old when Princess Diaries came out. Right. And Mia was the baddest bitch I ever seen at that point. <laughs> Her transformation, she's like, because 
because her hair is nuts and like she's got on these glasses and she's dressed weird and she's gangly and then they just transfer into like a princess and you're just like what the <laughs> like as, a, as like a seven-year-old you're like what the hell <laughs> i'm so confused by, by that movie trick this isn't the same person <laughs> her hair is straight now <laughs> how did they do it right all right dex two picks all right so the ninth pick shout out to listener friend of the pod for former guest again future guest sarah johnson i'm gonna take <laughs> mama mia <laughs> hell yeah i i didn't see that movie until like right before the second one like was about to come out because me and my mom were just sitting on the couch one day and we were like fuck it let's watch mama mia that movie is fucking delightful Mm -hmm. I will not apologize. I love that. I haven't seen the second one, but apparently people really like the second one too, even though it doesn't have anything like it it in no correlation relates to like the actual music. And they basically just repeat the same movie. Yeah. So just do it again. Yeah. It's like, yeah, they just like Lily James come be Meryl Streep for a little bit, but it works. I, um, I refused when I was younger because I was like, you know, in 2008, I was like, what, 13, 14? And my mom had, she loved the, you know, I always grew up on musicals and we would go and see musicals, but I was like, I'm not going to watch this, this chick flick, uh, you know, who's my dad thing. Are you my dad? Uh, <laughs> like this movie, like, and I didn't even know it was based on like ABBA song. I didn't know who ABBA was and like all yeah, this stuff. I, I was not you checking know. for ABBA. Like, yeah. I'm sorry. And then actually in, in retrospect, just to like form an entire musical off of like one band songs is crazy. And, and right around it more. Yeah. I and right around. Yeah, the, I, the, the concept is so cool if you can do it right. It's like such a cool experience. The Drake definitive musical. Give me oh, the God. Fleetwood Mac version of this. I need yes. that. Rumors the musical. I'm in. Yes, I need that. That would actually work. Stop giving ideas on this podcast. We have to stop, guys. <laughs> How so nobody make this made shit one day? Fucking movie. Well, because we can't make We're not talented enough to make it. We're just we on here going. Yeah. We're Somebody gives people ideas. Who's going to fucking make it? <laughs> Contact um, the One Take Podcast Agency <laughs> via DM on Twitter at One Take Pod for all of these great ass ideas. We'll make right. you billionaires. And we'll ideas, guys. That. Ideas. We're regret guys. this because they made the Queen musical and that shit was a piece of shit. And all that shit was so bad. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, they they just need to lock us into a room like a think tank, like a precog, and just <laughs> yes. like be like, all right, what ideas you got for us? That's the best. Like That's a mad lib. Yeah. yeah. Fucking somebody from Disney can just sit me in one of the suites for a couple months at a time and just be like, every few days, just come in. Hey, what you got for us? And I'll have some heat. I promise. <laughs> there's going to be some stickers in there, but there's going to be some fucking heat that comes yeah, out of that. One out of three is going to be some heat. <laughs> You're Disney. You can market it to make it work. Yeah. You can afford a couple losses on these. That's that's all you, come you can on. afford a couple of losses. You'll be fine. It's not even going to be like a John Carter level loss. It'll be way less nah. than that. Be like a Monsters University loss where you're still making money, but like not what you thought. Yeah. You're just not making $2 billion. You're making like $400 million. A, a respectable ROI. That's all we ask for. <laughs> yeah. That's all you need. 
my neck. Did you pick two picks? Wait, no, Dex has nah, another one. Another yeah, one. Yeah. I'll get my final one. I feel like I've taken this on multiple drafts at this point, but I, I just got to do it because I just love this movie so fucking much. John Tucker must die. <laughs> I've still never think, seen that movie. I mean, it's basically Mean Girls, but with a dude. It's a 2004 teenage high school comedy. Like it is. Yeah, I need know. to watch this. I love a high school comedy. I love it so much. It's so dumb and just so, so nice. I watched it as a kid. I probably shouldn't have watched it as young as I watched it. Bad. But I loved it. And it was just so much fun. And I've just never grown out of it. John Tucker must die. Shout out. John Tucker doesn't die, by the way. He, he does not die. He does not die. Spoiler alert. Um, my but Ashanti's in it. And, uh, you know, Ashanti didn't have an acting career for a reason. But... I was very grateful to watch Shanti in a movie as a child. So. There's a ton of picks that uh, you probably go with even older than the ones that I'm going to go with. A few Tom Hanks ones, probably. Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan, which I love. But this is a movie that I've sworn by, and I got to stand by it, and I got to pick it. If you haven't watched it, I think it's on HBO Max. Uh, it is called In Time. No, this sorry. Just- no, it's called About Time. <laughs> oh, I'm about to say, what? Sorry. I was like, bro, are you literally going to work in time into every single draft that we have? <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, God. That was a Freudian was slip. So that was a Freudian slip. But no, it's called About Time. Speaking of Rachel McAdams, it's with Rachel McAdams and Dom Hall Gleason. Uh, it's more about like time travel and like a guy trying to figure it out his way, like trying to fall in love with this girl through time and stuff like that. And he can time travel back and forth and kind of change things. But uh, he falls in love with this girl and doesn't want to. It's a very emotional, very um, melancholy kind of movie. But it's so sweet. Like you got if you haven't seen it, go watch it because it is it is genuinely like one of the, I guess, sweetest films that I think I've ever seen, honestly, in a long time. Uh, and it's by the guy that made um, oh, what's the Christmas movie that we hated with all, all the people in it? Fuck, what is that called? Uh, shit, with the cards at the end. That's really stupid. What is that fucking movie called? Uh, why are we messing this up? What cards? Where, Where the dude g- is like holding the cards outside the lady's house. And it's like, yeah, you're married to my friend, but I want to fuck you still. Um, this sounds like a weird movie. You know exactly what this movie is. Holy shit. Shit, what is this movie called? It's not in my brain. It's it's gone. It's- We're the worst movie podcast of all time. Of all time. <laughs> Holy shit. This is people are screaming right now. Everyone's <laughs> screaming the name of this at the at their fucking Apple God damn. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. 40 best Christmas movies of all time. If I cannot find this movie. It's by the dude that did like Valentine's Day or New Year's Eve. Are you talking about Love Actually? No, that's Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Thank God. Fuck. It's About Time is by the dude that did Love Actually. Holy shit. How did we not? Because that, that title stinks for a Christmas movie. That title blows. God damn it. How could we not? Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> God damn. All right. About time. Go watch it. I am truly embarrassed. <laughs> I'm not. That movie sucks. I'm not into that movie, so I'm not. I don't feel bad about not knowing. Creepy. No, that movie is ass. Uh, Go listen to our pick. Love Actually episode, by the way. <laughs> for our last pick, for my last pick in the end of the draft, 
I'm taking a classic. There's an unfortunate um, um, incest plotline of this film, but other oh, than no. that, it's a perfect film. No, no, no. Uh, it is Clueless. Clueless is amazing. I <laughs> cannot explain to you how attracted I was to Stacey Dash at this time of my life. Oh, my God. Mm. Holy shit. Clueless I mean, is amazing. The fact that Paul Rudd has like, withstood the te- test of time with that movie just speaks to how good Crazy. Paul Rudd is. Yes. But also, Crazy. yikes, bro. He literally is trying to bang his stepsister in this film. High school stepsister. High school stepsister. He's Underage in college. Stepsister. It's really gross. Other than that, it's great. Stacey Dash was in her prime. Now she looks like a used sock. But before then, in Clueless time, she was one of the most gorgeous women to ever grace the earth. It's a great film. She a looks like of, a used sock. And- she looks like a used sock now. She talks and she like has a the worst bot. <laughs> <laughs> she talks like a Twitter bot who was trained to just respond to only Trump supporters. She's aging like Donald Trump, and that's what she deserves. But there was a time where life was good, and she was in Clueless, and she was gorgeous, and she could have done anything she wanted from there, and she ruined her life. But anyway. Tell you what, uh, uh, Alicia Silverstone and Paul Rudd have minded their business, and they have aged yeah. great. <laughs> There's something to be said about minor business. Also, Paul Rudd looks exactly the same now that he did in this movie. That's and he's a he, he's a witch. I don't he know. He looks exactly the same. It's it's crazy. Clueless came out like in the '90s. He looks it's crazy. He looks They're always like drop your skincare routine, and always says like, "Oh, just wear sunscreen." What baby did you <laughs> sacrifice? <laughs> Bullshit. But, but also, yeah, thinking- if you if you still haven't seen Clueless before, and you go back and watch it for the first time now. Because Paul Rudd looks exactly the same, it makes the incest plotline even worse. Even weirder. Yes, it makes it even weirder. Because <laughs> you're like, yeah, that's just Paul Rudd. <laughs> it's 45-year-old Ant-Man. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Apollo Dez said that crazy, stupid love not being picked is a is a travesty. And to that, I'm I say that's, that just a, that's just a comedy. I've taken that shit in like 17 different drafts, by the way. Yeah, we've taken this fire, though. So I'm not. No, like I I nearly picked it. it, It's not because one is based on two dudes trying to like have sex with women. Like, you know, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course. Like we we okay. we stand crazy, stupid love on this podcast. Go listen to our crazy, stupid love episode. One of my favorite movies of all time. It is. It is absolutely like my favorite movie, like one of the best. It's it's actually what the best romantic comedy I think of the last twenty years, probably, yeah. but um, it's not a chick flick. There's a difference. There's a little bit of a distinct difference between romantic comedy and chick flick. It ain't it. <laughs> yeah, because it's 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 Steve Carell trying to trying to bang out Marissa Tomei. Like that's what that movie is. That's not a chick flick. Yeah, he goes that's every and more. That's every Marissa dude's Tomei fantasy. This is a Marissa Tomei uh, stand podcast, by the way. If you guys, yes, absolutely. Oh God, the fact we haven't ever talked about that. The fact that Aunt May just gets progressively younger and better looking throughout these movies is it's a insane. weird choice. But also, I put in the group message the fact that Happy Hogan, John Favreau, uh, uh, beat in canon <laughs> is such a funny thing that the creators of all of these movies have done where they're just like you know what you started iron man we're gonna give you this shit we're gonna write this in <laughs> incredible some Marissa Tomei. she literally gets sexier she gets older it's insane she's 
in her fifties and still looks just fucking incredible. What? Just I love her so much. All right, we're gonna get off of this before we get bonked. Um, more, <laughs> more movies that we missed. Um, this says the, the list I'm on says Hustlers, which I don't know about that. I really loved Hustlers, but I, I like Hustlers. Is it? A, yeah, I guess it's a chick flick. Yeah, J Lo was criminally flick. robbed of an Oscar nomination. Oh by the way, God. I might watch that tonight. Speaking of the bonk, uh, <laughs> <laughs> How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days, which is like the classic chick flick rom com. Okay. Um, let's see. I prefer she's all that personally to how to lose a guy in ten days. Sleepless in Seattle or the follow up, you've got mail. That's a big one too. Which is just a dude gaslighting a woman that he knows like that you go back and watch that movie, it's just gaslighting the movie. (laughs) That title wouldn't have wouldn't have gone over nearly as well. You got like you got your classics, like your TNT bangers, like bring it on. Amazing. True. Uh, Bring it on oh, here's my one that I used to we used to watch all the time. I don't know why, but Miss Congeniality with Sandra Bullock. Yeah. Yeah. Does you got served count as a chick flick? Because it's so it's the greatest chick flick of all time. No. <laughs> okay, never mind. <laughs> Dirty Dancing, of course. That's the ultimate one. This says Booksmart. I don't think so. Booksmart's just a comedy. No, yeah. Bookmark Booksmart is a chick, a chick flick. Yeah. Really? It's a comedy, but it's a chick flick. Yeah, it's super bad for girls. Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, where they all fit in the same pants. The movie. <laughs> the movie. <laughs> it's so crazy because all of these pants fit all of us the same. <laughs> what a weird concept to a movie. This list has Enchanted on it, which I would just consider like a kid's movie and not a I, you know, you know what? Like, but I love I genuinely I genuinely think I, Enchanted's a very good movie. Uh, Amy Adams commits 118%. Nobody said pitch perfect. Those movies are great. Oh, what I yeah. wasn't Okay, this one uh to all the boys I loved before is also one that came out recently that is actually yeah, that's good. The first one's hold on, good. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We have to go back to something T just said. Pitch perfect because I agree and most people don't. You said those movies are great. Yes, and I feel good. like yes, we need to emphasize no. this. Pitch Perfect no. Two is still good. Pitch Perfect, Perfect Two is Two's still good. good. They made three more of those fucking movies. They, I ate one more. Pitch Perfect Three didn't need to be made. Yeah, Pitch Perfect Three is not good, but Two is good. Pitch two is good. Two, two is, is fine. Good. The, the, the third one, the third one stinks. Pitch Perfect Two, it was great. I, I, I heard it. whispers of they're making another one. I hope that it's false. We don't need to. Do I, yeah, we don't need to do that. <laughs> it'll make money i'll go see it if they make it i will go see it but i hope that they have the restraint <laughs> I, I don't have the restraint <laughs> i don't have the restraint, but i hope, I that hope they, they have the restraint <laughs> i'm not strong enough <laughs> yeah it's like when you like just start opening shit during covid it's like of course if shit is open we're going but it shouldn't be open like, um i I wanted to make a comparison way back when that Magic Mike sort of had the same hold on society that Pitch Perfect did, whereas they came out and it was just, it took over people's personalities almost, I feel like, for a little bit. Pitch yeah, Perfect like, was everywhere, man. Like the, the jokes about Magic Mike was everywhere, but the jokes within Pitch Perfect, like everybody was talking about, pitch perfect and like people's acapella groups performing and like 
all this mm-hmm. shit and theater nerds were going wild but like magic mike kind of had the same hold that that did where it was like it was talked about for so long and in 2012 yep. besides marvel movies getting these sort of independent one-off i mean pitch perfect's a studio movie but like getting these sort of like one-off movies uh, back in the day that like had no existing ip new no existing ip and then everyone talked about it forever and it did like numbers in dvd sales and it did numbers in the theaters that's a crazy concept but there i remember these two movies doing that now that you mentioned pitch perfect which is a crazy kind of they don't go hand in hand but it's a weird comparison you know you don't get we don't have those kind of moments anymore because everything's so ip driven the closest I could think of is something that felt like that was maybe Parasite, but so few, so fewer people saw Parasite than saw these two movies, just right. or at least in America, that it like doesn't have the same like we don't have monoculture in that way unless it's IP. Unfortunately, it's just this just doesn't work like yeah. that anymore. I think what was different about Magic Mike was Magic Mike became like almost a culture war kind of thing. Like, are you seeing Magic Mike? Like, not even yes. just talking about what's in right. the movie Magic Mike, but like, just like, are you willing to go to a movie theater and see that shit? Like, with just a topic of conversation that you just like could not avoid. And very much, very much. Are you gay, bro? Yeah. Are you gay? Yeah. <laughs> are like, you if gay? You're a, if you're a woman, like, are you that thirsty? Like, are you that scandalous? Like, do you hate the Lord? Need <laughs> 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 to go right? pray. <laughs> the same with Do you the, hate the lord and the same with i didn't see i didn't see um pitch perfect until it came into dvd and we just kind of bought it on blu-ray or whatever because it was the same sort of thing well i'm not gonna go see this chick movie or whatever yeah that's where i was in 2012 i was 18 don't sue me <laughs> <laughs> i have Wait, grown i have grown i hope we're finding your 2012 tweets about pitch perfect and you're done uh, I think it, it was something to say. I have a total toner for Anna Kendrick. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that, that tweet actually exists. I may have deleted it. <laughs> wow. You can't be blamed for that one, though. I mean, no, I get the, 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 the dark eyeliner <laughs> right up my alley back in 2012. A, another one that I did not see. Every time I watch Pitch Perfect, I'd never once be like, Anna Kendrick, would I? I never had that thought. She I is- did. I did see it. Sorry. Try not to. <laughs> Try not to get bonked on this podcast. There's a lot of bonking on this podcast. <laughs> I'm going to reel it back in and just say that Anna Kendrick is the biggest asshole in the world in that movie. <laughs> really? She really is. She treats everybody like shit. She fucking sucks, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Anna Kendrick is like her character, like the, the performance or whatever is it's fine for what it's supposed to be. But her character, Becca or whatever, fucking sucks. She's the worst. Also, uh, incredible soundtrack. The the no diggity. Another oh, another right. thing that white people heard for the first time. And first time and it's it perfect. Um, they couldn't let it go. Guilt guilty. <laughs> I will say that. That's insane that people don't know it didn't hear no diggity until pitch perfect. That's insane to me. And then they also, started like fucking doing acoustic covers of it everywhere. Like cut it out. This really gave agency to a lot of white people to do acapella. Yeah. And that was the negative negative part of the film. And we don't need that. We need to do Pitch Perfect one day. Those movies are funny. They're at least the first two. They're funny. 
All right. Uh, quick shout Gave out us. to Devil Wears Prada and Easy A, two movies that Ooh, I almost picked. Devil Wears Prada is a good one. I'm, I got to go back and visit Devil Wears Prada because I watched it when I was really young and I just didn't get the dynamic of it. You know what I mean? Like maybe going back and being in the workforce now, I'll understand sort of like how it works, you know, and, and the Meryl Streep performance a little bit more. Which by like people think hold that Meryl Streep performance up there with like, you know, all you know Kramer versus Kramer and shit like that. Please but, don't give Dex the space to slander Meryl Streep in this moment. Thank you. So no, I'm the. I, I'm, yeah, Roy oh, is the Meryl okay. Streep slander. I'm the Meryl Streep. Not slander Meryl Streep. I respect our overlord. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I just. I just don't. I just didn't back in the day. I just didn't see it. Maybe when I go back and watch it now like i'll get it and sort of get the power dynamics and stuff within it's a great performance i'd love to do an episode on it anyway uh, take I'm definitely us home. down for that all right i will take us home you can find us at one take pod one take pod on twitter uh one take pod on instagram one take pod on tiktok you can go find us at one take podcast on youtube live stream our episodes probably like five to ten days before the episode drops on apple and all of your spotify and itunes and google podcast all of your streaming needs before it drops there you can see it in full live streamed on one take podcast on youtube uh yes, you can also email the show at one take you can go follow us at less underscore humble teach you can follow us at dex hinton and you can follow us at royden ogletree as well uh go follow apollo at apollo hou go to apollo hou.com dex you can also find some of the dopest Houston merch there as well. Yeah. And, you know, if anything is too expensive for you, just use the promo code one take pod, O N E T A K E P O D. Get 10% off your entire purchase. It's great. We were dropping new shirts like every fucking week. Pay attention. All right. You can go find us there. This episode will try to drop sometime soon. But again, go follow our YouTube. It really does help. You can watch all the episodes when you're not working. Uh, we can, we know you're not working. You, you can watch them at your desk. <laughs> All right, we're out. Hashtag support Florence Pugh. Oh yeah, sorry. One more time. So you catch it. Support Florence Pugh. Watch all of her movies that are available every fucking way. Especially Midsummer. Watching haters wonder why Gambino got the game. Yeah. Half tied thicky, all she wanna do is bang. Yeah. Got her head done, French braids, now she ASAP. Bino so insensitive, she asking why you say that. I'm chilling, yeah. real nigga feeling. Rich kid asshole, paint me as a villain. Still spitting that cash flow. DJ Khaled, I got penthouse on both coast. PH balance, real nigga, I rep those. Why though? Cause I said so. Get deep in that Pepto. I got five on it like Ben I got more tail than that pet code. You faker than some sweet and low. Yeah, you got some silverware, but really.